Howdy. Back by popular demand this month is Sarah Teague, who is currently starting her adventure in medical school. We recorded this back in July, just as she was starting her orientation. Among other things, we talk about her trip to Germany last fall and how she got on the lacrosse team at Kansas State University. Enjoy. I wanted to catch you before you got all bogged down in med school stuff this fall, and I almost ended up being a little late. You said you started uh, orientation this week? Yeah, so we had um, our first day of orientation on Monday, and we have a full week and two days of it. So it's a lot of just going over, like, this is our online portal for grades, and this is your new email. We had to do um, some, like, lab safety stuff for Cadaver Lab. And then we also had to do like bone box checkout where we check out like a whole skeleton to us and we have (laughs) to take it home. And it's our buddy for the year. What? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then we also we did like a community service day today. So we um, did a lot of projects around town to help different people and just like make sure that the med school, you know, has a good reputation and we're giving back and not just in just medical ways, but in you know good people ways so yeah just kind of like a nice nice intro week to make sure everyone knows how to use like their ipads that they give us and stuff like that before we actually get you know biochemistry thrown at us really hard so 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 a couple weeks to make sure the med school students aren't idiots (laughs) yes yeah sometimes (laughs) i'd be surprised Sometimes people slip through slip through the cracks you know like they have the whole like they squeak by the MCAT and then they go to an interview and somehow convince someone to let them in. But nice, okay. And we we have any downtime between this orientation and actual school, or is it kind of just roll right into everything? Eh, I have like a Thursday and a Friday off, so like a little bit of a long weekend. But yeah, then it's it's hit the ground running, and hopefully you know how to study because you're gonna have to. <laughs> right, and and you're you're ready to roll though. The mind has shifted, and again, you're gonna have, it's the whole <laughs> pulling away from travel is gonna be the big issue. I'm guessing for you. Yes, for sure. Like just pulling away from the freedom to make your own choices for like whatever makes you the happiest that day is what I've been doing, you know, and like obviously going to work still, but traveling and doing all these extra things and having a lot more freedom to, okay, now you're a poor student and you have to like study for the majority of the day, even though it's not very fun. And so I'm just a little bit worried for like the transition because it's hard to go from working and being in an adult job and that situation to going back to school and studying. And also like studying at a different pace than I've ever had to do before. So like in undergrad, I didn't have to study a whole lot. I just would study the day before a test. And if I would only ever study for like human body or, um, you know, organic chemistry, things like that. Whereas now it's like you have to study every day, even though you have a test every like three or four weeks, um, you still need to be studying every day and learning all day, every day. So it's just a much higher intensity. Right. And it's just tough when you, you know, again, your, your, your whole body and soul at this point is going to feel like, wait, 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 I thought we were done with all this. What are we doing? We were playing. We were playing. (laughs) Yeah, I was having so much fun just doing whatever I wanted and seeing the world, you know, and now it's like, okay, back to like being on schedule and being self-motivated to do it. Yes. Yeah, it's a transition for sure. But But, uh, I I have complete faith in you and you will will just kick its butt. You'll embrace the challenge and and I'm excited to check in with you once you have another, you know, free free minute and, you know, a year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think once like a few months in, I think it's going to be fine. But it's just that transition period to like, learn how you study best, make sure you still are making time to eat and work out and say hi to people. Yeah. But after the transition, yes. I think I think it's going to be fine. 
Yep. And what I, what I did want to talk to you about was one of your semi-recent trips that kind of free rolling lifestyle led you to was your trip to Germany, which I basically understand you just kind of booked on a few days notice. Like you bought the tickets for the flight literally three days before it took off or something like that. So tell me about how that trip came about. Yep. So one of my friends from work at Cerner, he said he was going with one of his college friends and they were going to go to Germany and a few other places. And he invited like the whole friend group, like, Hey, if anyone wants to go, we can do it. And they could only go during this specific week. And it lined up to be the, my main hospital client. It was when we were like going live with Cerner. And so you're on site the whole week. You work like 14 hour days. Like it's Mm. pretty crazy. You just don't have time for it. Right. So I was like, no, I can't go because of this. But then yeah, three days before those guys, and they had already like booked their, some of their Airbnbs and stuff like that. Three days before they were supposed to fly out, my hospital pushed their go live. So I no longer had that commitment at work. And so I was like, well, I might as well just like see how expensive a flight was at that time. So I thought it was going to be, you know, if you don't book it in advance or if you're not watching like flight trends or if you don't have like Scott's cheap flights, which is something I recommend for everybody. If you are not watching that, like flights can get expensive and the closer it gets in general, it can be more expensive. Right. But this was three days in advance and I just was really flexible about what airport I flew out of. So I looked at like New York, I looked at Boston, I looked all over the place and I found one that left from Fort Lauderdale to Zurich. And it was, I think, $500 flat for for that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of that's cheap on its own, but then three days in advance even is like crazy that like I found that deal. You know, sometimes they are trying to fill the flight. So I get that. But, right. Um, it was just like very, very lucky that I found that. Right. And I, and I think that's and it's if, if and we've talked about this a little bit before, where if you're willing to be that flexible and just kind of like, oh, I'll see if I can fly somewhere this weekend. You'll be amazed at what you can find at the last minute. But Mm -hmm. you might not be able to get to go where you want to go or you might not end up going anywhere. And yeah, you do kind of luck out because it probably was them trying to fill that flight if I had to uh, had to guess. And and then you said to figure out a way to get to Fort Lauderdale. And when you're yeah, when you're booking flights, it's like be creative, like, you know, different airports to fly out of, you know, booking it one way only and then doing it separately, booking the the legs of it separately. Like maybe you know, I was looking for you know, Tokyo stuff for next summer, which isn't necessarily up yet this early. But, you know, maybe Wichita to Tokyo is more expensive than going Wichita to Seattle and then Seattle to Tokyo. Like you book them separately, mm-hmm. it might be $400 cheaper if you didn't get or or the other way around. Like it just be creative and search everything and just be patient when you start looking and right definitely be creative with where you're leaving from and then yeah like you said if you can find a cheap flight out of a certain airport usually you can get there from you know however you do it but also be open to driving a little bit like if people live in wichita you could also drive down like i don't know that oklahoma city would be any cheaper but like kansas city for sure is going to have cheaper flights and then furthermore like if you live in missouri you could even drive to chicago for a flight even though it's going to be a few more hours of driving it's going to save you money that way too so it's just if you're committed to it you can definitely do it scott's cheap flights is something that i subscribe to i just do the free version of it but they send you emails when certain things are low and so if you're interested in a certain area you can just be on the lookout for those at any time and then if you have a buddy or like a mom or a friend who like wants to go with you you know, be on the lookout to like text them and say like, Hey, you want to book a flight tomorrow for a trip, you know, six months in advance or whatever it is. You can also be flexible on where you're going. So like Europe is really easy to get around. Like there's trains and buses that can take you anywhere. So like, even though we were going to Germany and Prague, 
we didn't spend too much time in Switzerland. We flew into Switzerland to then like get on a train right. that, you know, like a $20 train situation to go into Germany. So it's like, you don't have to necessarily fly directly to the destination you're going to if you're going somewhere that connects easily. Yeah. I, and I signed up for that Scott's cheap flights thing at your recommendation. And it's almost frustrating how good some of the deals are when you know you can't get away and it's yes. and, it, and it is but it, it's, it's having to be flexible it's like okay well that might be a oh man it's well of course it's you know late august when i have cross country or it's you know it's this mm-hmm. weekend or it's like the, the deals are, are kind of unreal where it will be like those you know 500 dollars trips to europe or you know 300 dollars to go down to central america or something uh, the other place to drive from wichita i had someone recommend was even all the way down to dallas that yeah it's a five-hour drive but if you save $300 on a plane ticket, is that might be worth it. Right. Another thing to do, if you're specific on like, you really want to go to this one place and it's during the month of June and that's all you have, you can set up Google flight alerts to say like, keep me updated on this flight from Kansas City to Paris or what whatever it is right. that you really want to go to. And then it'll send you, it can send you like emails based off of that. If it's something very specific you're looking for. Right. And, and not everybody's that flexible, but yeah, it just, yeah, figure out, be, be creative, figure out different ways to get there. And uh, of course, that gets frustrating though, too, if you, if you kind of get to where you are tracking flight prices, but then you kind of get to where, again, I'm using my Japan example. I, I remember saw, I saw once where it, it dropped, it was just something crazy. I think it was out of Kansas city and it was like six or $700 to get to Tokyo, but it was like, you know, late September. But it's like, oh, but I'm going to go in June or July. And it's like, oh, but I mm-hmm. want that price. And it's like, well, no, you're not right. going to get that price in July. And that's just the reality of it. And that gets really right. frustrating because you keep waiting for that price that you saw in the off season to hit during the on season. And that's probably mm-hmm. just a little unrealistic. Right. So, yeah, Jeremy. So you got it. Did you fly? So you, were you on a different flight with the guys that from the guys then or? Yeah. So I flew in, but our flights landed, um, I think, within two hours of each other. So we just, I just oh, went nice. out of the airport until they got there. So nice. it was no big deal. And then we, so we yeah, flew into Zurich. And so like, I think we did a little bit in the center city, but it wasn't a ton. It was just mostly like looking around being like, wow, we don't know what we're doing. And then um, getting on a train that took us to Constance, Germany. So like, I don't know if part of the whole city is on. No, I don't think it is. But it's like on the border between Switzerland and Germany. Mm. And it's one of the only cities that was untouched by World War II. Oh, wow. And so it's very cool. So it's very historic. A lot of the buildings are very old. And so it's in a very traditional German style, like the architecture and everything is like that. And so it's very cool. And it's it's been said to me that it's where Germany or Germans go for vacation. So if they're going somewhere within the country for like a small like weekend vacation or something, they'll go there. So it's very much like authentic it's it was not there was not that many people that honestly spoke english there right um, unless they were like our own age but it was it was cool it was very like i think it was a pretty good like authentic experience there and was language thing an issue getting around as far as when you go from zurich to get the correct train did you have any issues with language barrier there or is basically everything also posted in english there was there was enough english to get by i would say it paid to like be on top of it and give yourself a little extra time. Like don't try to like run and get to something that like the train leaves in one minute. We got to go like, it's okay. You can catch the next one in 10 minutes. It's not going to be that big deal. Basically you didn't need to budget some thinking time because you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had, I had bought, I have Verizon. So I bought like an international thing and it's like not too much more expensive just to have like some data just in case you needed to map or translate something. And then most of the people, most of the people that are under 40, I would say speak English or can speak a little bit of okay. English. And, and, and that's going to vary place by place. Bigger cities are going to have more in that, yeah. more of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just saying, like, on that trip for, like, Switzerland and Germany, that it seemed to be that way. Oh, nice. But then also, the only problem was, like, because I booked it so quick or so soon to the leave date, I didn't have very many German phrases under my belt. I could say a few things, but usually I like to, like, be able to have some conversation with people if I'm going to go to a place like, you know, a foreign country. Or at least say, I don't speak insert language (laughs) here. Yeah. Yeah, so I I always feel bad not being able to... I don't know, be conversational with people when I'm in their home. You know, I feel like, oh, am I just another dumb American who assumes everyone's going to speak English and make my vacation really easy, you know? So I kind of felt bad about that. But obviously, like, they were nice and helpful. But I did. And I think they they appreciate the effort. Right, right. And I did. Every single person who saw me spoke to me in German because they assumed I was German. Because I think (laughs) the blonde hair probably does some of it. Yes, you, you, you are Hitler's ideal, I believe. An American, which was interesting. Yeah, with the uh, with the Verizon thing, real quick. So how how does that mm-hmm. work? So I, I guess I've heard that before, where you may even need like a a separate SIM card or something. You didn't need anything like that. You were just able to add it to your account then, or yeah. So you can add it. I think for a month by month basis, maybe. But it was only I don't know if it was like I want to say under ten dollars a day for it. Okay, which is I can't remember the which, exact pricing. Okay, which is pricey, but probably still the better option. Because I've heard of people like will straight up get like a basically a pay-as-you-go SIM card and just buy it in Europe and like switch it out and put it in their phone. And I don't know if that's an older yeah. option or if that is a cheaper option or if that's no. just kind of Pe- been phased out. People still people still do that. And so you could still do that. Um, I just did it that way. Just did it with Verizon because I wasn't didn't just wanted to have it as a backup just in case Okay. because it was just, just last minute and I didn't want because I couldn't plan as much as I wanted to, I expected to have like to have to be on my phone for some of the things that we were, you know, looking up and doing at the right. time. Right, and you're not, you're not and always so, going to be able to find yeah. Wi-Fi. Right, um, but yeah, so that well, that worked out okay to have yeah that just that added plan on it, and then yeah, a lot of places you go will have Wi-Fi for at least the places you stay, and so I would always like for people who are social media people who are posting to like Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that, I would just like turn Wi-Fi or turn airplane mode on. And like, you can still take the pictures and use the phone and just say post, but it'll say like post cannot be posted or can't be posted because of no Wi-Fi or whatever. And then later when you connect to Wi-Fi, then you can actually like upload all those, but it doesn't like slow you down, I guess. Oh, um, so you can still basically yeah. schedule the post, so to speak. And it's just yeah, wait for if, Wi-Fi to actually go through. Right. Yeah. If that's something that people like to do, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I did that some on my recent trip, but I, and I think what I want to do going forward is almost just kind of use a post scheduler and just so I can mm. kind of post past trip. And I know you've done a good job of posting past trip pictures, but I'm almost trying to do that on like a on a scheduled basis where maybe I'm just posting two photos a week so I'm not overwhelming people, but I'm also putting out a consistent stream of posts. But that's, yeah. just, that's just on my list of many to-do things. Yeah, in general, I don't like to post exactly where I am and what I'm doing, like right at that time, just because like safety issues. And and I want to enjoy where I am. I don't want to be constantly on my phone trying to get a great angle when I'm like actually enjoying what I'm looking at. Yeah, I Um, need a better about that too. I I get too obsessed of like, oh, but I want to get it because I'm here now. And it's like, but then like you said, you're not enjoying the moment. You need it. So I try to do both. I try to take it in, take it in for a few minutes even, and then slowly bring the camera up after I've kind of... Yeah. Enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did, we were in Constance and then, um, it was kind of just because honestly it was two boys that had planned it. It was a little, um, little unplanned, I would say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was okay. So we knew that we wanted to get to Munich that next day or that by that next night. 
And so I was like, oh, well, like we were on Wi-Fi. So I was searching. I was like, well, on the way, like there, we can go to Neuschwanstein Castle, which is like the inspiration for the Disney castle that's on the uh, the logo. If you know what I'm talking about? The, the, the Snow White's Castle. Yes. The yes, Enchanted yeah. Kingdom one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was on the way. And so we looked at tours of like, well, we could get a bus to Munich and then we can take take this bus tour. And then it worked out the best and was the cheapest for us to, to rent a car in Constance. And then we drove to Neuschwanstein Castle and ran around that and took took pictures and saw that and it was really great. And then drove the rental car the rest of the way to Munich. And then we dropped the car off that same day. And because we didn't have it overnight or anything, it was like a really cheap deal. Oh, nice. And so it was nice to not have to rely on tra- like our own car the whole time, just because I think it would be kind of hard to park and like deal with it in the city. But to go from like one city to another and go out to like kind of not the middle of nowhere by any means, but like go out into the mountains to get to this castle to then go to another city. Yeah. It was nice to have that. Yeah. I So I did that trip in a slightly different way. I was in Munich and took a day trip on a bus group to, I can't say it as well as you can, Neuschwanstein, Neuschwanstein. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. What kind of surprised me about that castle, though, is it's not old it's like 150 years old and some crazy dude built it in, in, yeah. in as an homage to wagner opera like wait what yeah. <laughs> you want it to be older than it is and you're yes. like oh right it. <laughs> no it's almost like it's almost gaudy i guess in a sense right or, or tacky and and, yeah. and and but i mean it's still really cool it's still worth a visit and it's still kind of awe-inspiring especially the way it kind of did you go to that bridge where it has like the overlook of the castle Oh my gosh, yes. There were so many people on the bridge. I thought we were all going to go down at some point. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. But it's just gorgeous. And it really is like yeah. something out of a fairy tale. And yeah. how all the different rooms are themed and it's and parts are unfinished. And it is it is amazing. But yes, it doesn't have this like badass castle history that, you know, they held off the invading forces and the glorious king fought. It's like, nope, nope, nope. Crazy dude like opera built a neat castle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I had actually a cool moment on that bridge because um, I was going out to try to take a picture and there's, you know, it's shoulder to shoulder. There's a ton of people. I, we were there at a bad, you know, busy time of the day. But I there was a woman who spoke Spanish and I like she said sorry to me in Spanish because she kind of bumped into me. And I knew it. Yeah, I said <laughs> enough to be like, no, it's OK. Like, I know it enough Spanish still. And she got excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she like really she smiled very big at me. Um, and then. I kept going and then there was these two older like grandpa age German guys who were a few feet apart from each other and they were jumping to like mess with people and mess with each other. What? And they thought it was kind of not not hard enough to like shake the whole thing. Okay, but they were just still, kind of like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah. And so this French woman was yelling at them in French and I don't think she knew them. She was just like upset that someone was right, doing this. Right. And so in the span of a few steps, I like spoke to someone in Spanish and then these two German guys are being brats to each other. And then this like French woman is like, uh-uh, in French. And so it's a very cool, like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I am not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. Oh, yeah. And you get that in bigger cities, even in the States too. But yeah, it, it is, it mm-hmm. is neat, especially there when it's like, oh yeah, you're definitely in the minority regardless of what languages yes. are being spoken there. And yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Munich, I also thought was... Just a really, really nice big city. Like, it seemed safe and clean for a city that size. What was your impression of Munich? Definitely. Safe, clean, great public transportation. I'm always so floored by the public transportation in Europe. Just that, like, we don't have nearly what it is in the States. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah, because it's so nice to be able to, like, 
get on a train to work and read your book or, you know, just be able to rely on that and not have to drive a car, not have to park it, not have to like deal with that is pretty nice, I think. But yeah, Munich was really great. Um, we stayed in an Airbnb that with this was this guy's like first time hosting. And so it was this beautiful, like 15th story apartment that he had full apartment. And so he was really nice. He like told us different things to go do and was uh, very helpful. So that was pretty cool to have that. And then we did Oktoberfest the next day in Munich. Right, because this was late September, early October when you went last year? Yes, it was during yeah, their actual Oktoberfest activities. What saved us, I think, was going on, we went on a Tuesday. And so it wasn't like a full-blown one, which I'm I'm glad it wasn't on the weekend just because there would have been so many more, so much more people there. And it, I think the lines would have been longer and we wouldn't have gotten to see as much if we had gone on a weekend. But it was very cool. We all like bought outfits that day. <laughs> I went and got a dirndl at like the equivalent of an H&M in a mall. Oh, is that the little, uh, yeah, is that the little, what is it, female lederhosen? <laughs> yeah, so it has like a skirt and then it has this apron on the front and where you tie your bow, to, like tells people if you're single or not, um, <laughs> if it's on like your left or right side. Wait, how'd you find that out? They just told you when you bought it or? Um, I think I had Googled it the night before, like, okay, huh. how am I supposed to wear this? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> but it was very fun. I even like had a braid in my hair and did the whole thing. Uh, I do. I do remember seeing those pictures. And were you able to smuggle it back to the states, or did you just like the donate big... it back? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I have the I have the dress still, and I feel like it's going to be a uh, Halloween costume or something. Oh, some for for, for years and years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, where else after Munich? Um. So yeah, we did Oktoberfest that day, and then went to we got. I think it was a train from Munich to Prague in the Czech Republic. Which I've heard Prague is amazing. Yes, it's very cool. So yeah, we did we did that and we didn't do a whole lot of planning, but Prague is very easy to tour. Um, I had enough Hilton points that I like got a few rooms at like a Hilton. I think it's is it Old Town. I can't remember if or if it's because it's not downtown. I think it might be Old Town, but got a few rooms there at like this nice Hilton where we had like some free food situations, which was great. And then we could just walk out the door and walk like probably three blocks to like the main area where everything is. And so oh, there's, nice. you know, these huge churches that are very pretty to look at. There's the astrological, uh, or no, the, sorry, not the astrological, the astronomy clock that has, I'm sure you've seen it in pictures. It has like a big blue front on it. That's very cool. And then it has the, I'm going to forget all the names of these cause it's been a while, Oh no. but no. there's like a big bridge that has different saints on it. And so that's packed. People love to look at that. Huh. And then there's a John Lennon wall on the other side. Oh, neat. And so it's like all these things that are like seriously all right there together. And so there are some like touristy kind of shops, but honestly it worked out okay because we had like sausage and beer there. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, even though it's kind of touristy, I'm still drinking a beer in Prague. Like this is still pretty cool. And I even got like a, a little wooden clock that's in their traditional like style of that, which is kind of cool. Hmm. But yeah, it's nice because it's all right there. And there's like lots of food options, lots of things to do. It almost looks like it's a kind of obnoxious touristy area and just like, oh, it's just a nice city that we're just hanging out in a nice city. Yeah. And we're not like, it's not the tourist trap that, you know, Rome is, for instance. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just walking down the street, just like people's apartments, like where they live, it's just beautiful. And it's like, you guys get to live here? Are you kidding me? Oh, like, right. it's just everything. Like even sim- yeah, simple apartment buildings, simple work buildings. It's just like this beautiful architecture that's old and historic and like, Oh, good grief. This is so cool. <laughs> now, as you get into Eastern, because that, that probably counts as Eastern Europe then, right? When you're by the mm-hmm. in Prague. So it, they say things are, are tend to be cheaper over there. Was like was like eating out cheaper in Prague than it was in, say, Munich? Or did you notice much of a difference? 
not too much of a difference. It was definitely like you could eat out cheap because you could get like food stall kind of food for mm. cheap. Um, but the sit down restaurants were kind of seemed to be about the same, okay. but definitely like the things you could buy and things like that were definitely cheaper. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and maybe that even continues if you get, you know, further east into, into Poland or Hungary or, or Romania, mm-hmm. where I think it gets very cheap out, out there, which would still be worth, uh, worth checking out. Oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, what do you think after Prague? Um, so that was kind of like the end of like the fun part of the trip. So then we, okay, this was bad. So we took a bus from Prague back to Zurich. So that's a nine hour drive. And so we, we had booked these buses and I think we had been on a bus earlier that was like, you could lean the seats back. There was like, like a TV in front of like each seat. So you could like watch movies or whatever. And so I was like, oh, this is not going to be bad at all. We like, we paid for the, you know, it wasn't that expensive, but we got on and they took our bags away before we got on like to put under the bus. Ooh. And so my my bag had like my toothbrush in it and like you know makeup wipes and oh, like right, the comfy right. the comfy like sweatpants and t-shirt I had to change into to be able to sleep. Ugh. And you couldn't you couldn't get into it and so it was like I was in jeans and boots and just everything I had worn that day. Did you have, like your contacts in and everything too or yeah, just <laughs> Yeah, just like just wasn't ready to go to sleep. Um, which kind of sucked. And then it was like an overnight bus. So we drove, you know, we boarded at like nine and got there at 5 a.m., I think. Right. Um, <laughs> which was fine. I just had a hard time sleeping. And then we, I had to wait at the airport because they're the, the guys I went with, their flight left before mine did. So then I had to wait and hadn't slept all night. And then I <laughs> was just really off on the sleep and then, you know, flew back. And then I flew to, it flew, okay, so this is technically, you're not supposed to do this, but the second part of like why that trip was cheap, the Fort Lauderdale went to Zurich and then on the way back, it was like Zurich to Chicago to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> but the the, la- the last leg of the Chicago to Fort Lauderdale was like, I'm not kidding, it was like a, a 19 hour layover. So obviously I just didn't get on that flight to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, right, just, right. I like bought my own ticket or, you know, used points to get from Chicago to Kansas City. Oh right, that's I that's yeah I, I uh, yeah that's that uh, that's kind of of course it costs you a little more but you had saved so much and you and you're buying your own time right I, I had a similar issue when I went to Europe I hadn't flown to Europe before I didn't know if you could even do this so my flight to Europe was Wichita to Chicago to Dublin and on the way back it was London no wait hang on it was Manchester no hang on man I'm messing it up again because it, it was round trip it was round trip out of Dublin the way back was. Dublin to Manchester to Chicago. So when I left from Wichita, you know, of course, you know, three weeks before my flight back, I was like, so can I just skip the Dublin leg and just get on the plane in Manchester? Because already <laughs> I was already going to be in London was the plan. So I, I just wanted mm-hmm. to go from Man- to Manchester. And the place in Wichita was like, uh, no, you can't do that. And I was like, okay, well, I'll figure it out when I get there. So basically, I kind of headed up to Manchester the, uh, enough, like a full day before the flight. Not realizing it's actually be a, a huge pain in the butt to get from Manchester to Dublin just to fly from Dublin back to Manchester, right? And so I asked the people at Man, I got to the airport, asked at Manchester, "Can I just skip the Dublin part and just get on the plane here in Manchester?" They're like, "Uh, yeah, you bought a ticket." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just so funny that Wichita was like, "No, you can't do that," and then in Manchester they're like, "Uh, yeah, you bought a ticket. <laughs> What's the problem?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I there is a site I think it's called Skip Lagging that get places cheap in the, in the United States. And so it's like my flight, I want to go to New York. 
Um, but a direct flight from Kansas City to New York is way too expensive. But there is a flight that goes Kansas City to New York to Boston that's way cheaper. And so you you get on it, and then you don't get on your second flight. Do you um, tell them so or you just like, don't show? Searches, <laughs> you No, no, no. Don't tell them because it's uh, like some airlines have like a policy against it. And if you get if you do that too many times or they suspect you're doing that, then they can like, you know, put you on a no fly list or I don't know, something silly. But well, you gave them the um, money. What's the difference? If anything, right. if anything, yeah. telling them lets them then sell that seat if from the New York to Boston leg or whatever. Right, exactly. That's the part so that I weird. don't really get is that they're grumpy about it. But um, it's nice because I mean, if they ask or anything happens, you could just be like, "Oh, pl- my plans change. Like, mm, someone in my family's sick. I had to like stop, or I was on a work trip and something changed. Like, they don't know your life. They don't need to know your life." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I never, I never. I, that's something I never thought about. As far as we were talking about earlier about the different ways to kind of game the system or just kind of be creative, there's mm-hmm. one I hadn't thought of or even heard of before, just kind of skipping yeah. the last leg. Yeah, and I think it's called, I think the website is skip lagging. And so if you're ever like looking for like a weekend getaway, like somewhere in the US, it's, you know, pretty simple to use, I think. I guess I had seen that before when I was looking for something else, like say, you know, because Wichita doesn't have a lot of direct flights, so say Wichita mm-hmm. to LA will connect mm-hmm. through Denver a lot of time. And some, yeah, I guess I have kind of noticed that. It's like, oh, well, shoot, the, Wichita to LA through Denver was cheaper than Wichita to Denver. So, mm-hmm. but I was never actually going to Denver when that came up. But yeah, to your point, yeah, just book Wichita to LA through Denver instead of booking Wichita to Denver and you might save 20 bucks. Like it's right. ridiculous. So uh, just, for, just for time's sake, let's go ahead and, uh, and, and shift gears again here. I know we just kind of are running through that, but again, just have to have you on again at some point. So... <laughs> What we didn't get into last time that I really wanted to talk about, and I've never really talked to you too much about this, is you played college lacrosse. So <laughs> after doing high school, cross country and track, and then like some dance, how did you ever end up on the lacrosse team at K-State? How did that go go down? Oh, I just like to fight people. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I felt like in high school, I was in good shape and was always exercising and like that was part of my life. And then in college, I wasn't doing as much and it was hard to like go to the gym and motivate yourself when you don't have Richie Simmons yelling at you to run fast. I'm just kidding. Um, but I, you know, kind of missed the sport and I saw that like they had a lacrosse team at K-State and they had, they had some different ones like a softball team or something like that. And maybe rugby as well. But I thought I'd always seen lacrosse on ESPN and thought that sport looks so cool, but you know, we don't play it in Kansas. So that's not something I could ever do. And then I, I went to the like information booth that they had at some event and said like, Hey, I've never played before, so I'm sure you guys don't want me to play, but I can run a lot. I can run (laughs) for a long time. And they were like, okay, like, that's great. We can teach you how to play. We have people that don't want to run a lot, so you will probably end up playing midfield. Um, You're like, okay, whatever that means. (laughs) Yeah, great. Excellent. Yeah, so then I went to practice. They, like, taught me how to do it, and they let me, you know, borrow other people's sticks until I was comfortable enough to, like, buy my own and everything and fully join the team. But, no, it's it's a great sport that I... Um, I feel like I picked it up reasonably well. Women's lacrosse is harder to pick up than men's lacrosse because the sticks themselves are different. Huh. Yeah, so like the head of it, so the top of it where it's like has the net per se on it, the women's is flat, so it doesn't have like a pocket in it. Oh, right. I'm picturing the pocket. Yours didn't have the pocket? Right, yes. And so to keep keep the ball in uh, that part of it, you have to cradle it, so you kind of like twist it back and forth while you're running and so it's like you're running but then you also have to twist it so it's kind of like a extra coordination and awareness of something that's not directly in your hand interesting so it's kind of 
it's definitely harder to learn. Whereas the men's stick, they have that pocket in it. And so they can, they can run with it in one hand. They can just sprint up the field and the ball's going to stay there. Right. And so they can also like rip shots a little harder. So they As can I really say, like, right. They can really fling it, it back. Then, yeah. And like, yeah. I think the fastest lacrosse shot was 116 miles an hour. Oh, wow. That's like the fastest ever recorded. But yeah, no, they can really zing that thing. And it hurts because if you've ever gotten hit with one, it's like this hard little rubber ball that just like, yeah, it'll bruise you for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. So it's about the size of like a racquetball, but but harder. Yeah, I would say baseball. I don't know if that's the same size as a racquetball. Oh, more like a more like a more like a straight up baseball. Yeah. Oh but dang. It's, okay. Yeah, it's um yeah definitely very dense. But people use it to like I always use them to like roll out muscles if I am really sore or oh, if nice. I like yeah sore shins or anything I use that for it. Nice. But. Yeah, I always have like tennis balls <laughs> by the base of my desk to kind of massage the, the bottoms of my feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but you got it with that team. You got to travel like out of state and everything to all the different college competitions or like how far did you travel with that? Yeah, so we um, we were in a different league. Like, it wasn't D1 lacrosse because K-State doesn't have that. But it was um, still, like, we played some of our Big 12 teams. So, like, we'd play KU. We played Oklahoma State. Um, we tra- Yeah, traveled down to Stillwater. And then we had some, like, random teams in there, like Benedictine, Principia, which is a – I can't remember where that one is. Truman, Missouri State was in it, and Mizzou. Uh, and then I think the furthest one, there was some school in Illinois that we traveled to. And I think that maybe that was Principia, but yeah. So it was like in the Midwest still, but we definitely drove to those and it was very fun because it was like a whole group of girls that I wouldn't have met. Yeah, exactly. Without joining the sport. And so it was like, those became my best friends in college for sure, because it was this group of really fun people. And yeah, it was really great. I really enjoyed learning the sport. Did you, did you play uh, for two or three years or how long did you play? Um, I played for two full years and then the last year I like went a few times and then I just didn't have time because I was in the process of like graduating, trying to figure out if I wanted to go to med school or right. if I wanted to, you know, fake my own death and bartend on a beach in Mexico, just like the decisions <laughs> of a 22 year old. That's uh that's tempting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it still is. I still think about it sometimes. In med school. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just at least send your mom a letter. But other, yeah. other than that, no one else has to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I was kind of confused. So it wasn't D1, but I was thinking it was different than the men's as far as, like I was thinking like the men's was a club sport, but yours was still an NCAA sport, or at least they call it a school-sanctioned sport versus a club sport. How did that distinction work? So it's kind of a mix. Ours was still a club sport, but we had funding from the rec department. Okay, okay. So like they did our... Uh, league fees they paid like a a few different things they paid for like some of our refs like and then we paid for some of our own stuff i think i think everyone bought their own stick but then we had like some fundraising things for like practice pennies and stuff like that but so it was kind of a mix so like we did have funding but it wasn't an ncaa sport so it was nice because then it wasn't like super serious like i had to if i had a test and couldn't come to practice i wasn't going to be penalized or anything like that so right right and you and you probably weren't getting like randomly drug tested (laughs) right yeah yeah so i really got really big into steroids during that time um (laughs) really bold (laughs) i set that record of the of the the hardest (laughs) or fastest throw (laughs) yeah yeah i did actually lead the team in unnecessary roughness fouls Awesome. But yeah, I was, I was, I think at the time, like definitely one of the smaller ones, but like played aggressively just cause I don't know. I don't know. Play angry sometimes. Now, but I guess you, so you, you said, you know, you hadn't really played much before, which is obviously not surprising, but had some of the other girls played much before. I mean, I would think everybody would yes. be new to it. Like were they from other parts of the country then? 
Yeah. So some of the girls were from out of state. So we had a few girls from like California or Colorado that had definitely grown up playing that were very good. Okay. And then um, a few girls from Kansas City that they didn't necessarily have. I think they were just then getting like high school teams in Kansas City. And so uh-huh. um, they had played at least like in high school a little bit. And it's it's not crazy hard to pick up. It's just like if you're if you can run a lot, they're going to put you at midfield because you run like four miles in a game. I'm pretty right. sure just like with how much up and back it is. But it's, you know, there are sports easier to learn, but as long as you hustle, I feel like that makes up for a lot. Like if you drop a ball or something, as long as you hustle and pick it back up, you know, it's not too big of a deal. So, okay, um, yeah. For people who don't know, it, it's similar. People say it's like a mix between hockey and soccer. Okay, that makes sense. Because you can like go behind the goal and still be in bounds. And so you can like have a feeder there and feed to someone who like cuts across huh. the zone and like catches and you know shoots that way yeah that's that's pretty neat so do you uh i guess also i don't know enough about soccer even so like as a midfielder are you more like a, a defensive specialist then just kind of running around and always kind of just getting in the other team's way wherever the ball goes kind of thing or are pa- passing it to your teammates or yeah so i was actually i played attack midi which is like so that you have to have four back at all times so that don't cross the line at all so okay that's i can't like show you on an actual field but, I, I can picture um, it in my mind people, <laughs> yeah <laughs> people have to stay back so like there's defensive players who are only defense and they stay on defense all the time and then there's attack that only stay on attack the whole time and so i was an attack midi so i was more on the attack side and i wouldn't go i wouldn't always go back to play defense if the ball was on that side okay so like the majority of the midfielders were but one had to stay back huh i guess that's just funny that's how little i even watch again kind of compare it to soccer is i never thought about that in soccer that like no one's running up and down the entire field the entire game it's, it's right, basically right. in shifts you guys got this third you get this third you get this third and when you kind of run mm-hmm. back and forth on your third i think this is the first time in my life it ever actually occurred to me that's what they do in soccer <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you're tired you can definitely like send another girl like you don't have to necessarily say no, like, i'm right, only attacked right. this game like you can say like hey you go i'm really tired please go run down there <laughs> well in, in our in our other subs too yeah yeah okay. and you can sub relatively freely so how would the coaching like so so was it self-coached by the girls or did you have a coach yeah so we okay so the girls team let me think we had coaches from like the boys team that were seniors on the boys team they coached us okay but the boys team they had an actual like head coach and assistant coach that they had from that played in the community i think and so theirs had been established longer. So they even have like an alumni game every year where everyone comes back and oh, plays huh. and like, it's just been established longer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, just kind of a neat experience that uh, most people wouldn't even think was a possibility, especially people who, again, like yourself, good high school athletes, but didn't go on to play, you know, a you know, D1 scholarship sport at a high school, but are still wanting to stay active. They wouldn't even mm-hmm. think about something like this being a possibility. I've heard of several people being on the rowing teams at KU and K-State and Wichita State. Right. But, but lacrosse, I'd never even heard of anybody doing. And so that was really really neat to see when you were doing that. Yeah, and I think there's plenty of people who are who love this whatever sport they're playing in high school so much that they want to go to like uh, you know a smaller private school or a JUCO to play that. And that's great. And that's for some people. But I never even considered like running at a small school because it was well I'm like transitioning to like whatever academically I'm going to do next and so it was more at first it was like I went to college and it was all about like the books at first but then I'm like oh no I kind of miss running around with a group of people so um wanted to join that and so yeah it was really nice because it was like we still had practice and still had games and so it was still 
you know, on a team playing a competitive sport, but not necessarily like, um, someone's going to be checking your grades. You have to weigh in every morning or anything, you know, it wasn't anything crazy like that. So it was a nice, a good mix for me of like fun and competition and staying active. And then also like having the freedom to like, if I had a test, I, you know, I could still go to the test and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So best, best of all worlds there, Everybody should just go <laughs> and not necessarily the cross, but yeah, do, do those, uh, do those club sports, man. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. Very so, fun. so I did think of a, a topic here for movies and TV. Last time we basically just talked about TV shows and the Hulu stuff you watch and Handmaid's Tale and all that. Mm-hmm. What I want to talk about here is just your all-time favorite movies and that is i mean don't not to put you too much on the spot but just like in general like what are your favorite movies and we can talk about one or seven or just kind of whatever comes to mind okay so favorite narrowing anything down to one favorite is very hard for me like favorite food i don't there's like 10 of them i can't tell you it's almost just a responsible (laughs) question yeah right what do you mean depends on the day yeah but i would say i like some different series and some different types of movies a lot more than others. So like the Harry Potter series is very like nostalgic for me and I enjoy watching those. And I think it's because I read the books growing up and it was just like a great, you know, series. And uh, you know, it's more nostalgia than it is like, do I think this is the best crafted movie of all time? No. Oh, right. Favorite versus best versus nostalgic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Just enjoyable more than it is like this beautiful work of art. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but then I also, I grew up watching Lord of the Rings, the whole trilogy, a, a decent amount. So I, I have an appreciation for that as well, I guess, like sci-fi kind of things. So I enjoyed that series. Um, I like a lot of historical dramas that are like based around actual events that happened, but not necessarily. They have, you know, have some creative license with that. So like the movie Cinderella Man is pretty good, I oh, think. Yeah, and like Public yeah. Enemies, like based on, not necessarily that those are like amazing movies or anything, but based on some like historical characters but then they like add in some extra fun stuff or based on a specific time period i kind of i enjoy those quite a bit and you kind of like that aesthetic and and not i just said i want to talk about movies but that ties into peaky blinders is that same kind of time period Mm -hmm. and aesthetic Mm -hmm. yeah 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 no i enjoy peaky blinders is great so man so there's nothing stands out though as far as like oh yeah this as far as a non-series standalone movie that you would really just hang your hat on this is probably too too popular at this point still, but I like Interstellar quite a bit. Okay. Have you seen Christopher Nolan's other stuff? Um, I feel like some of it, but not necessarily like I'm a Christopher Nolan only fan at all. Okay. So, no, yeah, Interstellar is very, very cool. And you definitely need to check out all of Christopher Nolan's stuff. So, and, and you may or may not know off the top of your head, but it's like uh, the other big one was inception was uh, a few years before mm-hmm. interstellar yeah, that was good and then he obviously mm-hmm. did and then he obviously did the the christian bale batman movies the, all three of those mm-hmm. were him and where he first came on my radar i saw memento in the theater have you seen that one i have not so it, it, it is from 2000 but it's oh, man it, it's it's so freaking cool it's, it's it's one of my all-time favorites and and also just kind of a small smaller budget movie because he was kind of a no-name director at the time just kind of it was kind of his breakout movie i guess you would say anyway so it's about a guy who following an accident where his wife was killed uh, basically you know hit his head or whatever and can no longer make new memories so he's on this quest to track down his wife's killer but he can't make new memories so he has to leave notes for himself in tattoos on his body so when he wakes up every morning he can kind of 
collect his berries again and read his tattoos and figure out where he was in the quest to track down his wife's killer. And then, oh. and then on top of that, the whole movie is told out of order. So it goes basically, it's going, it's, so it's almost like two simultaneous timelines where one timeline is slowly advancing. Uh, every time you cut to these black and white scenes, it's, you know, slowly advancing chronologically, but then alternating mm-hmm. with those forward progressing black and white scenes are color backwards progressing scenes. So the, Ooh, okay. the, fir- the first shot of the movie is the chronological end of the movie. Mm, and then, it, okay, and then by, the end, by the end of the movie, it meets in the middle and the two storylines blur together. And so the whole movie has the effect of giving you short-term memory loss while you're watching the movie because you're like, wait, how did the last scene end? Because that's how this scene is going to begin. And wait, what's happening? And then, and then the whole thing also deals with like unreliable narrator. So maybe everything I just told you isn't even true. Like it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds very good. And yeah, the Christian Bale Batman movies and Inception. So yeah, maybe I actually like Christopher Chris Nolan a lot more than I uh, thought <laughs> or at all. Yeah, uh, his cool. <laughs> other big and he's he's got a few more, but the the other big one basically it's one of those ones that everyone. Who sees it loves, but not a lot of people necessarily have heard of it. But it's called The Prestige, and it's about. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Okay, it's about two rival like magicians, but it's also that kind of late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds aesthetic for you. So take mm-hmm. two magicians from that time period and kind of this gritty Christopher Nolan thriller mind messer upper or whatever, and yeah, so yeah, basically just. Work your way through Christopher Nolan, and, and you you won't be disappointed. Although, maybe when you have some downtime from med school, not while you're in the middle of studying, because it's just going to break your brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. And he and he did Dunkirk more recently, which was a little more mainstream, and that it was a World War II movie, but it was also still Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, so it still had three simultaneous stories, all covering different amounts of time, and was still its own Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan thing. So. I, I I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. He he does interesting mm-hmm. stuff, even if they don't always work a hundred percent. I I appreciate his his boldness, and then he also has an affinity for practical effects, so he doesn't rely too heavily on CG. So yeah, d- uh, definitely uh props to Christopher Nolan there. Man, sorry, I'm just kind of <laughs> yeah. You, no, you, yeah, you, that's yeah, that's a good list. You hit Christopher Nolan. I fa- I fanboyed out real quick on 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 Nolan there, but uh. <laughs> Uh, just to give you some recommendations. So yes, uh, uh, any other of your favorite movies that I can, can go off on? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, I feel like it's been so long. Oh, it's been a while since I was watching movies regularly enough to rank them in my head. Gotcha. And growing up was kind of just the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like I've, I feel like I've seen a lot of superhero movies, but it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, Marvel, that was six movies this year, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to see all of them. That's bad, but. Uh. Yeah, they can be all kind of a blur, although I I did see the new Spider-Man movie, and I give Uh it a lot of props as just being different. Again, I kind of got frustrated with, say, like a Black Panther that I'm like, everyone was like super excited about. I was like, yeah, it's good. It's they're all good. It's fine. But like, so Mm -hmm. what what I really like the new Spider-Man movie is they did something that I wish all the others had done is the character stuff was first. The main plot was Peter Parker dealing with his wannabe relationship with MJ. That was the main story. And then the whole superhero villain stuff was like 
the stuff he had to deal with that was getting in the way of him trying uh, to have the the, okay. the teenage relationship stuff. So I thought, yeah. there, just make it about the characters, and it works so much better. And I and I buy right. I, everything's better when you do it that way. And just so many of them just get. I mean, in game was fine. It was fun, but it's just too much, and you can't focus on any one character, and it has to be about the plot. And it's just kind of exhausting and forgettable. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the movies that I really liked that I thought, if you think about it a little bit more and watch closer, it it just gets better and better, is the movie uh, Get Out. Mm, okay, which I saw once at home because I was too scared to see it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good kind of scary. The kind that actually scares me a little bit more than like the typical like horror movies where it's like gore or like... Uh, the psychological obvious... sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I just think there's a lot of like unseen symbolism that you don't get the first time, but then after you go through and watch it again, you're like, oh man, that was that was pretty well done. That was pretty good. Just a lot of moments of like blatant, like you know, warning signs from the you know the girl in the movie who ends up oh spoiler alert, she ends up being not great. Right, but, um, right. She very much doesn't care about him in the way she should, and then she's like kind of dismissive about like this deer that they killed and like just not caring about like the life or death at all. It's just like, okay. Yes. She's a little, she's a little sociopathic and you, you pick yeah. up on it. The, uh, yeah. I get, yeah. I get you. I want to see it the once, but yeah. Yeah. And I do like the idea of people are talking like Jordan Peele is like the next Hitchcock. And mm-hmm. did, did you see us? I have not, but I like just watching the trailer. I was already like, Oh gosh, this is going to be so good. Oh, see, I watch it. And I'm like, nope, don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. Too scary. Yeah. I, I just don't like scary movies. Yeah, I don't like, well, it keeps me up and I definitely get like nightmares from it because I'm a see? child. But... So, no, me, no, that's no, same, which is why I don't want to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate a good scary movie, but I, can, I can't watch them all the time because it'll just like, it's too much. And yeah, no, I need to sleep at some point. I watched, so when I did watch, I finally watched Get Out. It was, you know, basically at the end of the day, if it's got good enough reviews and it's stuff for Best Picture, I'm, I'm going to watch it. But mm-hmm. I watched it at my house, sitting far away from the TV at 11 a.m. Like, <laughs> I, I am not messing with watching that stuff <laughs> right before bed because, yeah. yes, I, I, I will have bad dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the dream thing is interesting, too. The, the other one was I... This, that made me think of was when I was binge watching Breaking Bad to catch up on that series. I was straight up having dreams about like burying bodies and killing yeah. people and carrying around bundles of cash and freaking out that I'm going to get caught and go to prison. Like even that's not pleasant dreams to have. And uh, man, so let alone a scary movie where it's even like worse stakes than that. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like I've had a little bit of the opposite effect where like Growing up, I would have bad dreams about, like, I was never scared of monsters as a child, but I was scared of getting kidnapped out of my room and, like, mm. or taken by a stranger. Right. And so then I would have bad dreams about that for sure. And then now I'm very much into, like, true true crime yeah. podcasts and shows and all this other stuff. And I feel like talking about it and thinking about it, it helps you realize, okay, these bad things do happen. They don't happen often, but they do happen. And walking through, like, what you would do in that scenario gives you a sense of, like, okay, people have survived this before. Like, you could survive it if it happens. You just have to, like, keep your head on. And, you know, I, don't, I feel like I feel better about those things now that I like true crime and have listened to enough stories of these crazy things happening. True. And I don't want to just, like, pretend none of that stuff exists and live, to my, live in my little fairyland and assume everything's always going to be okay forever and live in mm-hmm. my little bubble. 
But at the same time, that doesn't mean I want to watch like the shows where they're describing this stuff and interviews. Right. But, yeah. And yeah, to a point, I don't need to see it happening necessarily. If that makes sense, like I don't yeah. need to see crimes being committed, but just like I don't know, okay. like Forensic Files is fine with me because it's like the the science behind it. And then one I suggested before, but did you ever get around to listening to Dear John? I've not. So again, that's one I definitely recommend for you because you'll like it more than I did. <laughs> I, I, I was a little more, you know, creeped out by it, but it was kind of fascinating. And, you know, the whole true story thing, I think the LA Times or some LA paper kind of hosted it. But yeah, D- Dear John for the true crime fans is a very good podcast to check out. It's, it's similar to Serial and it's just kind of like a, oh, I forget how many episodes, but say just a 10 episode podcast equivalent to a documentary about a true crime incident and they do a good job of leaving you in suspense we actually don't know how it's going to end but it's still kind of very documentary style and and uh so i just it was just well made even if i was kind of a little creeped out by the subject matter mm-hmm. yeah i have a few podcasts that i listen to continuously right now but i definitely have started this is maybe a crazy move but i have started to listen to podcasts while i work out and not even music anymore oh same um, yeah yeah so it's yeah, I'm sure I will get into it at some point. Yeah, I got yeah, I got to the point where I, I still like music, but the time just goes by quicker if I'm listening to a podcast than it does if I'm listening to music. And I'm going to tolerate whatever workout longer or be less bored with chores and all that if I'm mm-hmm. listening to a podcast and engaged in that. I don't I don't get as engaged with music like I do with a narrative or a conversation in a podcast. Right. Yeah, and it, it definitely makes time go by faster, and I'm thinking while I'm doing something, which, yeah, definitely distracts me from whatever pain I'm in while working out. So. Yes, and, and, you, and you feel kind of productive. I mean, like, it's, mm-hmm. and listening to music is, I think, you know, just kind of important for humans in general, right? But it also doesn't make you feel productive versus if I'm listening to... I forget what one I sent you the other day, you know, a debate about, you know, the Middle East or something. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm learning, and I'm keeping up on world events, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. feeling more enlightened versus oh yeah this is my jam (laughs) right and i've started to um this is bad but i've started to unfollow a lot of a lot of just different people that i've had on different social medias over the years if they're if it's not someone i need to keep up with or really want to like i've started to just unfollow and you know unfollow even accounts like twitter accounts that i used to follow just because like i know i'm not gonna have time to deal with social media during Mm, this uh hellscape that i'm in but um if i can narrow that down a little bit to where i can like scroll and see a few things on breaks and it's fine but then that makes me think like i need to unfollow some political accounts and then also like just listen to like pod save america as one of just a few political things yeah I so i'm not like yeah i i feel you in an internal rage all day yeah oh i i need to, i have a I, that's mostly a personality thing that when we probably share it is that i'll scroll by something and someone will have just liked a tweet and the tweet that they liked i said there in my mind for the next half hour and hash out all the arguments against the tweet yeah. that they that someone just they didn't they didn't, my friend didn't tweet it they didn't yeah, retweet they it they liked it liked and it. it shows up in my feed and yeah. i just cringe and i like to unfollow a person because of stuff they're liking on occasion right. but i'm stressing yeah. out about it like you're saying and mm-hmm. oh it's just not healthy all around Ugh. yeah yeah there's a person i know that liked one of Trump's tweet. Oh, well, actually, like the racist tweet that he had this week, liked that, and I was like, "Oh, I guess you want the unfollow." Like, here we go. Just because it's like, no, I'm not going to support this kind of like. Uh, well, and you know, it could have been an accident, but I doubt it. 
knowing the person. <laughs> yes, um, I, yes, and you don't like want to, to judge people based off of like you know their experiences or what they believe, but uh, it's frustrating. <laughs> yes, and they're doing. And again, we've talked about it before. I, I do think, and again, this you know, to some extent, this stuff goes both ways. But you know, there's a reason I believe what I believe. But mm-hmm. they're dealing with a different set of. I don't know how to say different set of facts, but like they're basing their beliefs and their and their and their you know, Twitter likes on a completely different set of information than what we are. So right. it, it, I mean, I mean, Obama said it. He's like, if I watch Fox News, I wouldn't vote for me either. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's oh, it's tough because like. You, I, what I want to say is like, I shouldn't have to explain to people that you should care about other human beings. Like that's what it comes down to sometimes. And, but it's like, you know what? They don't see it as them not caring about someone. They see it as something else that's been presented to them by something that's not factual. Well, um, and, and, and Hey, yeah. it, it, to, to play, to play the devil's advocate. I mean, I can understand to some extent the arguments of, well, Hey, I mean, our government is in charge of the citizens of this country and we have a responsibility to those citizens and I'm sorry, you're not part of our community, but mm-hmm. you're, you're not. And you know, we need to, you know, basically deal with things in that way. The problem is like you were saying the callousness, which is accompanied with that. So, Hey, if that's, if you're going to say it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just economically unfeasible for us to provide these aids and these services. And if you're coming despite those things that man, you know, I feel sorry for you, but it's just rough. Oh, but no, you don't feel sorry for them. And you're the vice president of the United States and you're treating them like they're people in cages and you're not even making eye contact with them. And you're basically just acting like you're a freaking sociopath when you're in the presence of these people. So you can have it both ways. You can have the, conservative policies and still have a soul right mm-hmm. and this right. is getting more and political you, than i kind of intend to for this yeah. podcast but you know what screw it <laughs> <laughs> no it's true like uh, you know you can have whatever opinions or think economically we should do this but that doesn't mean that you need to reject a whole group of people or being nasty about it or i, I don't know it's just frustrating to see like people who claim to be not not want to bring religion into it but people <laughs> who claim to be these good good old folks that are, you know, kind to people, you know, talk down to a group of people just because they were born in a different area. And I think, yeah, you can definitely believe like we should handle this differently. We should divert money to this or this or this, like plenty of opinions, plenty of different ways to approach it, but put yourself in someone else's shoes for a second. And if you were in a country where your family was at risk of like a higher risk of violence or disease or something like that, like you would take your family and run too. Like you would do the same thing. <laughs> Correct, and and shouldn't we take pride in being the destination? Like, holy right. cow, our country is so amazing. They want to come here of all the places in the world they can go. Like that's that's cool. Yeah. Like they're literally going through mm-hmm. Mexico to get to us because Mexico is not as good as us. Like, take pride in that mm-hmm. instead of being like the we're full. I'm like we're not full, right? No, <laughs> and more people is just it's it's, it's an economy thing. Anyway, this yeah, it's it, you. It, you, there, I think I've seen studies where it's like immig- immigrants end up being like a net boon to the economy, not a drag, right. because they start working right. and paying taxes. Right. And immigrants are more likely to start small businesses and all those kinds of things and are mm. committing crimes at a lower rate because they're just happy to be here. And mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. But again, we're dealing with a different set of, of information. And people say that we're just drinking the Kool-Aid on the left, I guess. But Right, right. <sighs> well... Hate to end on that necessarily, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I probably ought to get, get to bed here. So uh, we will, I'm sure, keep in touch via text. I'll definitely try to check in with you podcast-wise probably next summer once you're on a little bit of a break. 
And thank you for being on yet again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. 